0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: the Chelsea is backed for the season by ladbrooks we are backed by ladbrooks go to bet.chelseapodcast.net for exclusive specials and promotions that we have got Good evening and welcome to the Chels. We're still alive. We haven't died. We're here. We're still in blue. Okay, things didn't go quite right last week, but you know, we'll talk about it. We're still here. We're kicking and we've had quite a fun week really and joining us. It's, of course, Mr. Andrew Saunders. Hello, how are you? Very well, thank you, very well. And um, thank you for taking us to the game on, on the weekend. Yeah. Much appreciated. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was good. We'll talk oh, about on. it in a minute. Yeah. But we have, making his debut, here, the Chelsea Virgin, it is Mr. Tim Rolls. Good evening. Tim, now, you are a writer. You wrote the book on Tommy Doherty, didn't you? Uh, Diamonds, Dynamos and Devils. Yep and also you're involved in the Chelsea supporters trust yeah i'm i'm their sort of liaison
2: with with other supporters trusts and the premier league and and the fa and people like that sort of wider issues so i don't get involved in the chelsea issues i get i do the wider stuff
0: and you were you were at the premier league meeting today i was
2: at a meeting with the premier league and representatives from all the other premier league trusts talking about safe standing kick-off times and sort of wider wider issues not just specific club issues yeah
0: and and were they receptive
2: they, they always listen and nod and say it's really good to have this structured dialogue, but how much actually gets achieved, you know. We, we keep nagging away, and we, do, we get somewhere. They do understand now that if more than half the games are moved for TV purposes, they have got a moral obligation, I think, to always
0: support us. Yeah, tell us about that. Why, why is that an issue, Tim? Tell it's, our listeners. The,
2: the reason it's an issue is because games get moved at six weeks' notice, and so Chelsea could, for argument's sake, be playing at Newcastle or Burnley, it gets moved at six weeks' notice to 4pm on a Sunday or 8.30... Sorry, 8pm 8 on a, on a Monday. And away supporters simply cannot get home by public transport. Now, Chelsea aren't too bad, because they, tr- they will always run a coach if the game's outside London for £10, and they'll try and run a train if people can't get home. But a lot of clubs don't do anything, mm. so fans are just stuck. So what we're saying is, if with all the money in the game, all the money that TV give the clubs the premier league should put more pressure on all the clubs to try and make sure that they actually make allow away supporters to get to the game and to get home the premier league say how important the away supporters are to the game but if you can't get home you can't go mm. so and it's unrealistic to expect people to go in hotels not everyone's got a car so organised transport you know to me should be a prerequisite and we've been nagging them for about 18 months they they do get it i think but some of the clubs probably less so and the TV companies they'll just say we've paid loads of money you know we've had meetings with Sky and with BT Sport and they say yeah yeah we appreciate the away fans but you've got to understand we're paying all this money
1: and because we're paying this money we'll put the games when we want it's it's interesting isn't it because actually what happens is the very people who make the game either intense or dull or boring, which is what a fan does when things aren't perhaps going right or when they're going really right and you get that atmosphere building, are actually not considered to be as valid a part of the whole process as, say, the players and things. And I think, I think it's, it's a, it's a strange phenomenon now. It is a
2: strange phenomenon and our task is to try and sort of heighten that and to keep working your way at them. But it is, you know, they all say, all the stakeholders, the broadcasters, the clubs, the Premier League, the FA, all say how important supporters are and away supporters are for the atmosphere and to create that vibrancy of the Premier League, the unique product and all this rubbish. But when it comes to it, most of the clubs don't want to do anything about actually helping the support. The TV companies don't. What we'd like to see is mandated if a game is moved for television, then they have to lay and people can't get home. Or the journey home by car is you know, 250 miles at 10 o'clock at night. Then they are mandated to provide transport back to the, the home city or the 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 home ground.
0: As you say, Chelsea are pretty good at it. I've done the uh, I've done the train and the coach with Chelsea at away games before. I tend to drive to a lot of games, but you know I've done Liverpool by train and I've done coaches, and it's it's pretty good. And wasn't there some kind of stipend given to clubs that they could spend on on away travel? Yep. There
2: was the Away Supporters Initiative, which was two hundred thousand pounds a year per club, and that got scrapped when they brought in the thirty pound away cap. Right, but some so was of the- Either or situation, yeah, but some of the clubs use that two hundred thousand pounds. I kid you not to paint the toilets in the away end, to upgrade the turnstiles in the away end. They weren't actually benefiting away supporters at all. So, or buying t- t-shirts for the uh, people behind the bars in the away end. Whereas Chelsea spent the money, and Chelsea probably spent and probably do spend half a million pounds a year. A lot of clubs don't spend all they pay absolute lip service to it you
0: know? i mean we, we moan at chelsea for a lot of things yeah. um but you know they were the first club to bring in the london living wage yep. for all their employees they are very good on the transport you know they did lobby for the away tickets i yep. mean we have to give them credit where credit's due no, don't we
2: i do and i actually think that bruce buck is one of the more forward thinking in terms of supporter initiatives of the chairman within the premier league i hear horror stories about chairman of other clubs and what they're how scathing they are privately
0: is it because I he's suppose. not the owner operator do you think is it because he's not you because a lot of those chairmen are the you know the local yep. man made good
2: well i i had quite a lot of dealings with him when i was chair of the trust because i was chair of the trust for four years so i had wider meetings with him and also one-to-one meetings and i thought he was genuinely you know within constraints he was he was pretty good but of course he's not the ultimate decision maker Chelsea is a club where you know the the owner doesn't interface with the supporters and and it's quite a labyrinthine
1: hierarchy at Chelsea trying to work out who actually calls the shots Mm. that's quite interesting you say that because we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks when in the press you know with with Conte talking about transfers and the board this the board that and we've been saying well actually it's a bit of a smokescreen the board doesn't really ever make the decision as far as we're aware that it is actually Roman himself who will just go yes or no, I would have thought. Maybe not on the smaller deals, but I would have thought on anything yeah. half I, I always find
0: it very funny that, you know, supporters get very aerated and emotional about, about decisions that are made without, without having any understanding yeah. of the process whatsoever. Yeah. So, for a long time, Michael Emanalo was the lightning rod yeah, absolutely for, 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 you Phil know, for Daniels. any decisions. And now there's an, almost <laughs> a kind of uh, a, a sort of uh, a yearning for him now. Yeah. When we had Michael, things got done. Well, and it's why? like, we're, we're such a weird mercurial lot us football fans you know why about the Emanalo thing because you had someone to blame yeah, yeah. now because of
1: the way well, we've got Marina now yeah but she doesn't appeal appear in the same kind of way she that does sit behind
0: the manager in the dugout
1: no exactly she knows how to keep a distance yeah. so actually you've got this whole sort of grey area of mystical beings you know tenenbaum and all these other people that you kind of know the names of and but it's all gone mysterious again so i think i think he was deliberate and you know it's interesting that Eminalo by the sounds of it it surprised everyone at Chelsea when he said, I'm off. Mm. You know, I don't don't think anyone expected it. So, you know, I mean, there are mysteries going on, I think, at Chelsea. But I suppose we should go back to another mysterious
0: event last week over in Barcelona. Well, I think there's an interesting segue here, isn't there? Because there was a lot of complaints about the way the away fans were treated Mm -hmm. when they were over there. Now, I heard that there was some unfortunate chanting by our away fans about... Uh, barcelona will always be spain the kind of anti-catalan uh sort of taunting which led to some uh rather aggressive behavior from the stewards as a result um and some kettling and a certain amount of assault with batons did you go to the game team? i
2: didn't i didn't go to the game i know people who did right and and it was, it's clear that there was kettling the stewards are issued with batons yeah and i don't know what training these people have you know wh- wh- what their authority is either but there was also this issue apparently that there was this footbridge by the
0: the it, wobbly foot. The bridge. wobbly bridge. Yeah.
2: That talking to someone when Arsenal played there, they only let five or six people at a time on the bridge, whereas they made dozens at a time of Chelsea supporters go over it. And it's to be honest,
1: it's an excellent way. Of, it sounded happen. terrifying. It's, yeah. it and sound this was to turn.
0: segregate the, the departing Barcelona yeah. fans yeah. with the departing Chelsea yeah. fans. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But it's an odd thing, isn't it? I've, I've been what three times now to Barcelona
0: away. It's not a pleasant experience as no. an away fan. I didn't go for that reason. I think it's the worst place in Europe yep, yeah. to watch football. Well, because been, not, not only are you so high up that you can't see anything yeah. and, and, and in front of a plastic screen yep. and netting, um, but they keep you in the ground for, for, for hours afterwards. You're treated like absolute dirt. And now you've got this situation where there's, you know, violence from the people that are supposed to be looking after you. I just think, what what's the point?
2: Well, Spain, to be honest, I... I I've been to Valencia and it was okay. I've been to Atletico twice, had problems there, had problems in Zaragoza in 94. I went to the 82 World Cup, had real, pro- real problems there. Right. Um, and I, I won't go to a game in Spain again. It's like I won't go to France. I went yeah. to, to PSG twice.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, didn't that, go that the was third appalling. time, but yeah. it was awful. So yeah.
1: I, I won't go back. At least there wasn't the any point. tear
0: gas in Barcelona. Yeah.
1: but, no, but it's, it's a strange thing that the Spanish, because if you go to a Spanish game... Like a normal La Liga game. So you go see Malaga quite a lot. I do go and see Malaga quite a lot. And it's, it's one of the most relaxed atmospheres I've ever known. You know, there, there's no booze on sale, but all the little kiosks that sell peanuts and and crisps and things all have beer under the table. So literally you just go buy some children's sweets... And then you ferret around on the table.
0: Sorry? Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. So it's a, it's a very strange thing, but it's very relaxed. It's, um, very easy to sort of get in and out. But as soon as it becomes a European thing, it becomes, and especially with British teams. Well, I
0: suppose yep. it does come down to the point, sorry, uh, to that. It comes down to the point that there is no real away fan culture no, in Spain. Exactly, so they don't the know how to make, deal make, with no, it. No, no, really.
2: it is, it is. And it, it, so their, um, default position is antagonistic. If you go to watch Chelsea, I've been to Copenhagen a couple of times, it's the exact opposite. They don't Mm. keep you in. You're treated as, you know, human beings. But you go to you go to Spain, you go to Italy. I mean, I've been to Naples, I've been to Marseille. And these are not places you'd, I'd want to go again. No, you
0: know, yeah. no I totally sure. agree. Yeah. I, well, I've done that as well. Well, yeah.
1: well, that's why, you know, you always take the mickey out of me, but if I go to an away game if I go with my wife Jackie, we usually try and make three or four days of it, because just the experience of the game, yeah. other than
0: 90 minutes, is painful. Well, those of us have got a job, Kerry, don't have that luxury, so say we have to go you, in and out in 24 so, yes, hours. Right. Can
1: I just say, so Tim understands, Andy's job is the fact that he sits in his shed, in his garden, sending a few emails to people, That's about right. <laughs> Pretty
0: much, but it's a full time <laughs> effort, mate. Um, we should probably talk about the game, shouldn't You're we? Now? No, we've got that Let's out of our yeah, So, yeah. should we talk about the team first? Yes. So, Courtois in goal, back three of Azpiliqueta, Christiansen, and Rudiger, Moses and Alonso's uh, wing backs with Fabregas and Kante uh, in the midfield, with William and Hazard either side of Giroud. Were we surprised to see Giroud start?
2: I wasn't particularly surprised because I think, you know he has got a presence to him I think there's something about he's got an aura that I don't think Murata, to be honest has got and I think for big games you, you, maybe you need the big players so the team didn't particularly surprise me to be honest whatever team we put out I think would have had a tough night Yeah, a Dis-
0: disappointing start wasn't it yeah. with Messi scoring his yes. fastest ever goal
1: yeah. yeah I mean you know I, it's one of those it, it's the same old story you know you can look at it I mean we did actually predict the side and got it right for a change um, Giroud I think for me I keep saying this week in week out He's going to be one of the the greatest, you know, secret signings we've made in a way. The, and nobody saw it coming to the last minute. And I think he just... Gives his all out on the pitch, and I think it will. And we'll talk about Leicester in a minute. Um, I think it will help Morata become a better player when he sees he's got someone who challenges, but not in the same kind of way as a player. I think it will make Morata better as well, and I think he'll start understanding that with a man who, like Morata, has played so few games in in his whole professional career. Maybe he can't handle the whole season and needs to share it. And Giroud may be at an age where actually sharing is a pretty good thing. But I, th- I think, yeah, the Barcelona game, um, look, it's the same old story. If you look at it, you could say we were probably the better side
0: for an awful lot of the game. But it's the mistakes that will undo you in a well, team th- like Barcelona. I think when you go down a goal in two minutes, it kind of undoes everything yeah. tactically. Yeah. You know, and, I and think there was probably... And
1: you know, you, yeah, of course. you have plan A and suddenly it's... You know.
0: I mean, it wasn't... It, you know, I mean, listen... Well, you've like
1: got, you got the sorry, Andy. You've got the standard uh, commentator's line going, well, at 1-0, it doesn't actually change anything about the tie. And you think... Well, it kind of does because if it was nil nil and then we scored, then that would be one nil to us and we'd be through. But yeah, there was an
0: Sorry. element of that, though. Yeah, you know, there was. Was, there was an element of that. I mean, but when you go that that down a goal, you know, when, when Courtois doesn't cover himself in glory, didn't throughout the game, to be honest. But I'm not going to hear too much uh, too much bad stuff about Courtois. I mean, I think if you're a goalkeeper you're in the most pressured position, mm-hmm. you know, on the pitch, uh, it's a very difficult. Nobody nobody really notices your good stuff, but boy, do they notice your bad stuff. You know, he hasn't really let us down so far, but it was unfortunate. Went through his legs. You know, Messi had an absolute blinder, didn't he? What a player. Um, and, you know, when you're up against a player who's in that kind of form, who's that imperious, um, and you make mistakes as well, it's going to be an uphill task.
1: Do you not think, with somebody like Messi, the thing is, everyone says, oh, he, ha- he had a blind or whatever. He actually didn't do that much. He doesn't have but, to, Kerry. Wh- no, but my, that's my point. My point is, when he does it, it's so sublime, and he changes, you know, the, the next goal... That that came along, you know, when it was the mistake, I think it was Fabregas, wasn't it, who who got sold down the Swanee by
0: Christensen's pass? Well, Christensen headed it to him. He went a bit high, dropped it down, he got dispossessed. And I think if anybody else, any other player would have picked that ball up, we probably would have covered it. I mean, I think there's an argument to Mm. say that with that much distance from the halfway line, somebody would have come around and covered it. But as soon as Messi got the ball, your heart kind of sunk. Well, he never even
1: really had it. That was what was brilliant. It's what he did without the ball because he saw everything in a moment and that little flick to take it past Dave, who I think thought, oh my God, it's Messi. I better keep my wits about me. And he was just trying to get himself lined up. And Messi, just with the merest hint of the end of his toes... Mm just flicked it past him and was gone and that is what the great players yeah. do and then he can leave the rest of the game to everyone else and just wait for his next moment because what he does he does brilliantly
2: yeah. and if he only needs three or four moments in a game
0: he does as and, he, yeah. and, and, they were, and they were magical I, I, look I, I came out of that game we, we lost it 3-0 we, we lost 4-1 on aggregate I came out of that game not devastated not down in the dumps exactly. thinking we made a fairly good fist of it I thought at least we, we didn't do yep. what we did against Man City exactly. which was capitulate we, went out there, we gave it a really good go man we hit the bar so many times in the tie you know yeah. we hit the woodwork you know five times in the champions league this season yeah no, you know right. and and you just think if if that had gone in if rudiger had gone in at the end if you know if if the free kick had gone in what would happen there's a lot of coulda woulda shouldas about it but however i think probably you know although the the result was 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 um, flattering on barcelona they they probably did deserve to go through
1: yeah i think they definitely deserved to go through you know because you have to make the game yours in one way or another and you know but we did have them rattled you know there is no doubt Iniesta should not have played in that game. You know, you look at him throughout that first half, he was feeling the hamstring that he got. And once they realised it was all safe, they took him straight off.
0: But they, they were worried about what we might do. I think the, the problem with Barcelona is that, you know, I think you, you look at them there, some of them are ageing. It doesn't look overly balanced. It certainly doesn't look like one of the incredible Barcelona yeah. sides. But they are so ruthless, so ruthless yeah. in front of goal. You just cannot make any mistakes. And we made three of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about the way we've, uh, we've been saying quite a lot that this season, especially, and even last year while winning the title, you know, the amount of created chances and the amount of goals we score doesn't work out. There is something missing about our finishing.
2: The ratio is certainly very poor. We're not, we're not clinical. The great sides are clinical you know the, the mess is clinical the, the really top end people well city have we haven't, yeah, season, exactly. like, yeah. but they've also absolutely tonked teams we occasionally tonk teams but yeah. quite often you're right we get lots of the play lots into the box but we haven't got that i hate the phrase but fox in the box type player and we we've got players who can score great goals but they're not great goal scorers if you yeah. know you know they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, there's, yeah. a, there's a difference
1: yeah. no I, th- I think you're absolutely right and I don't know if you can... What you're saying about the fox in the box, that's an instinctive quality that I'm not sure any of us... Francis Jeffers. Francis Jeffers. (laughs) Didn't he do well at Arsenal? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Moving on. Moment silence for Arsenal. Ha! Anyway. um, Yeah, there is something that, you know, we are missing, I guess, in that respect. And... I think it's only going to come round if we get the right player who does that, you know. Mm. Um, and, of course, we're, we're missing people like Lampard who would ghost in and score his 200-odd goals mm. and, and what have you. And you, you don't replace that straight away. And I don't know. It, it, it is just one of those things that I think we, we're all a bit concerned about. But there are signs, you know, that we, what we need is for people to – we've talked about this about Hazard. That and, and maybe we can talk about this in relation to the Barcelona game – He's just not greedy enough. And it happened at Leicester, it happens a lot, where he looks to play someone else yeah. in when he really should shoot. How do you feel about Hazard? Because in the greatest scheme of things, he had a pretty quiet and poor night against Barcelona. Well, I think he is technically our, our
2: best player and our player most likely to make something special happen. But those special moments don't seem to come along As regularly as you know, the Messis, the Ronaldos, these sort of people. And you're right; he's not ruthless, is he? He's not ruthless. He does look to play the pass, not as much as Fabregas does, but he does look to play the pass when you know, Messi got those chances, and when Courtois said, I didn't expect Messi to shoot, well, I don't know why. It's the best no, player in the world. expects the Spanish in
0: possession, <laughs> Courtois. But, you know, with
2: Hazard, he probably would have looked for the pass, whereas, you know, I think sometimes the top players have to be ruthless.
0: I think you, you only have to look at Mohamed Salah, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. at the weekend and saw those goals that he scored. I mean, he had no right to score some of those no. goals, but he had such confidence to take it on. Yeah. Certainly the last goal where he sort of beat four players yeah. and poked it through. I mean, it was like <laughs> Hazard would have been passing that back to the halfway line. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's no, you know, comparison between him and Salah but it's a mindset I think that you know that maybe I've said it before I think he's worried about looking silly and he doesn't want to look silly so therefore he'll take the path of least resistance and he needs to just get over that
2: but given that he's in a team that hasn't got a natural 30 goal a season man he needs to take more responsibility in front of
1: goal not abrogate that responsibility I think you're right especially for a man with that much skill yep. and that much talent who let's face it on his day can sit a player on his ass without the guy even noticing what just happened yep. um, so yeah I, I think it's an issue and I, I do think you know, Hazard's price went down on, on Wednesday night um, against Barcelona uh, and that might be a good thing for, for him and Courtois yeah,
0: well,
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still not convinced Courtois really wanted by Real Madrid, mm. um, you know. But we'll see. You know, would we be upset if either of those two left Chelsea? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, you Hazard, would, Hazard
2: would. I think he's our. He's a one of the very top players in the Premier League. Doesn't yeah. demonstrate he's, it as much as he's he He's talismanic as yeah, well. Yeah, he is a talisman. And you need a talisman yeah. in a top team. City have got them. United have got, you know, other teams have, Liverpool have clearly got one now.
0: People get frustrated at Courtois because he's he's not been very uh sensible in some of the things that he's said. I mean his family are in but Madrid. But is that him or is that his agent? Well, you know, I think he he he's he's maybe been a little bit, you know, sort of loose with his um Tone. Yeah, because <laughs> as I say his family are in Madrid, so he's often yeah. alluded to that and people have misinterpreted. I think. Well, or in interpreted that as a desire to go and you know he's always talked about how much he loves Atletico and, and all this kind of stuff however I think he's the classic example of a player that you would miss if he went you know, if he went, you would miss him. And I know that people turn around and go, well, he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. But I think he's a top, top goalkeeper and it would be stupid to let him go. So I yeah. want to make one point about Barcelona, which is the possession. Now, a lot of people kind of rubbish possession stats, but you're used to getting around 30% possession with, uh, with Barcelona. I think we had 27% at the bridge. We had 44%. They only had 56% of the possession. To, to, I think that's a really significant uh, sign of how much we took the game to mm-hmm. them and, and, and how well we did with the ball, which against teams like that is really difficult. Well, that's why none of us are depressed about it because, yeah.
1: look, we've been in this game long enough and, and we'll talk about this in a minute because your, your next book deals with sort of the collapse of a team, the collapse of a club, something that isn't going to happen to this team now. But the, the point is all you can ever want and in those dark years from cup winner's cup to nowhere which again we'll talk with Tim about in a sec you know all you want to do is see your team out there trying as very best they can and and do everything they can to try and Compete.
0: That's well, all. If yep. you lose, you yeah, lose. I agree with that. One, one really bright spark I thought was N'Golo Kante who a lot of people have said, "Well, look, he did well at Leicester, and he's he's obviously done well at Chelsea domestically. Let's see if he can do it on the European stage, and let's see if he can do it internationally." I thought he just proved himself to be yep. one of the best midfielders in yep. Europe, yep. he was astonishing again. He,
1: he ended up making Busquets find an injury that got him off the game. <laughs> he really did. Busquets couldn't couldn't cope with him. That was it. I bet. I, I'm sure he played at the weekend, Busquets. You know, um, I, said,
0: I said on social media this week that if you gave me the option of paying to watch Hazard and paying to watch Kante I would pay to watch Kante I find him Mm -hmm. astonishing to watch he's an incredible player what he does with and without the ball is mind-blowing Hazard's poetry he's ballet when you watch him he's a he's a fantastic source of entertainment but Kante for the real pure football fan I think is 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 an absolute phenomenon
1: I think that's true and the, the last point I'd make about the Barcelona game um Somebody who's becoming a talisman for us is William. I mean, he, he put a shift in. He really did. I mean, what's your views on William? I mean, Andy's always uh, gone on about the, the lack of final product from William. Well, but it seems it seems not to, so much this season. Not but... this season, no. But well, I think, you know, he can
2: make things happen. You know, the run, we'll talk about Leicester in a bit, but, you know, he can run with the ball. He, 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 he sparks things as well. You know, he he will make runs that create should create space for for other people. He's always looking to do Always looking to make to do something. And he, he strikes me as an enthusiast. I know I didn't yeah, realise I he was nearly thirty, but he is an enthusiast in a team where we seem to have a few, football, a few jaded it? old yeah. hacks in the team. Yeah. So
0: you know I, I think him and Giroud enjoy playing football. Yeah. You know, Giroud, what I, I think what the fans have really responded to, whether they subconsciously know it or not, is Giroud comes on looking like he's going to enjoy playing yeah. and, and William always looks like he's going to yeah. enjoy playing. William's been involved in eighteen goals in his last twenty starts for Chelsea in all competitions, twelve goals and six assists. So you know the final product thing goes out the window a little bit because last season I found him very profligate in the, in the 18-yard box and in and around the, the goal but he is shooting yeah. he is taking responsibility he is driving forward don't think he had a great game against Leicester but you know certainly you know this season I he's think he's up, he's up to his game as well. yeah. he's yeah. being a bit greedy which is what you want to see well, he, so. he, he gets the
2: ball and you think hang on a minute he could do something he could run and have a shot whereas yeah. Not most of the team. Fabregas gets the ball. No disrespect. You don't expect him to make a run no. and make a shot. Yes,
0: and he's not quick enough. No, no. <laughs> but know.
2: even with Pedro, you're not so sure. But with William yeah. now, I think when yeah. he's on form, he's, you know that. You know, it's likely to be something. When the, the when
0: the ball comes out, if if the opposition have a corner and William is stay back a little, if the ball comes out to William, you know he's going to leave the defender for yep. dead. You know that's one of our best opportunities to score yep. a goal is that counter attack yep. with William starting it.
1: And he has that shimmy where he moves, drops one side and goes the other from a standing start like nobody else. Anyway, we better take a quick break because it's that time. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. And here we are, back from the break. So that's Barcelona covered, I think, really, unless anyone's got any other points of no, order. No,
0: it was what it was. You know, was, you know, it's, it's uh, the 14th meeting between Barcelona and Chelsea in the Champions League. Do you know, only, only two fixtures have been played more often in the competition, Bayern versus Real Madrid and Barcelona-Milan. I mean, you can say that, you know, this isn't the last time we're going to play Barcelona. No. You know, they, we, we you are a feature. I just think it's, you know, after all those years of Messi not scoring, it seems to have opened the floodgates a little bit now. It is what it is. Nobody's overly depressed by it. You know, let's hope we, we, we win the rest of our league games and, and have another go next season. So, Tim, your next book, you're
1: talking about a period that I really grew up with. You're, you're talking about the great years of misery, aren't you? From the moment of the yep. well, Cup Winners' th- Cup.
2: From the moment we won the Cup Winners' Cup to relegation, four years later and that takes in because we won the cup winners cup we won the fa cup brian mears and his board decided what we needed to do was redevelop Stamford bridge without ever actually putting the funding in place to do it so they they demolished the old east stand started building the the new one they had the the three-day week happen there was a steel strike there was a builder strike all these things going on and suddenly they ran out of money so and sexton went and said, I need some new players, and basically said, we haven't got any. Having told the, the supporters that the building of the stand would make no difference to the money that Sexton would get, suddenly there was no money. And then what you had, you had, he couldn't buy a winger, so Alan Hudson got stuck out on the wing, Hudson didn't like that, came back from, I think, summer 73, a stone overweight, there was, Ballwin was, you know, Ballwin, Charlie Cook and Osgood were all, you know, socialising rather a lot, they all, you know, you read stuff they say now, and, so the, the team needed strength and they didn't have the money. Dave Sexton became... He, he used to be quite communicative, apparently, with the players. As things started to go wrong, he sort of went into a shell, didn't talk to the players, fell out badly with Hudson and Osgood, sold Keith Weller for reasons that nobody can understand. I, this book started because I was talking in a pub with someone who said, the mistake we made after we won the Cup Winners' Cup was selling Keithy Weller. Why did we do it? And what happened apparently was we bought Chris Garland and we bought Steve Kemba because he'd been after Kemba for ages and Mears said to him you've got to sell someone and for whatever reason rather than get rid of one of the fringe players like Baldwin he decided that the leading scorer the man who'd changed transformed the team was the man to sell to Leicester of course at Leicester he, he ended up playing for England and it was a and, and David Webb is on record so I, I hope to interview Webb for the book but webb said it was the beginning of the end it's the moment he realized we were selling our best players and not replacing them and that went on with osgood and hudson they weren't they weren't replaced even webb who was an absolute loyalist he he'd had enough he left sort of 73 four season so we were and we weren't we didn't have any money to buy players we didn't pay any money for a player between john sissons in summer of seventy four and um, Bob Iles in the summer of seventy eight we didn 't buy any players. Anyone we got was a free transfer um, we basically we we were massively in debt and What Mears was hoping was that the team would pick up 74-5 season when the the new standard opened and things would be good. We'd fill the stand and bring in the corporates and all this. Of course, we got relegated. We lost the first game at home to Carlisle. We were in the bottom six practically all the season. We lost at Tottenham two weeks before the end of the season, drew our last two games uh, uh, and got relegated. Luckily, you know, and this is my book ends there, but obviously Eddie McCready came in. We, we had one year when he was getting it together, the second year with the young players, you know, we went back up. But we managed to go from a, a European cup winning, you know, trophy winning side to an almost bankrupt and we were almost bankrupt we we tried to call in the receivers in the summer of 76 we we didn't have any money we didn't have the team we had disaffected players when was this in, in what in what year well 76 71 to 75 and then 75 6 yeah. we were, we, when we were, when we were down we weren't fighting to come back up and the banks tried to pull the plugs i mean there's a book fascinating book called the bridge by colin benson came Mm, out 30 odd years ago and that's got hold of board meeting minutes and sort of you know discussing the discussions with lloyd's bank and it's pretty scary stuff we nearly went bust
0: tommy langley player of the year in 76
2: no i think he might have been a bit later charlie cook came back he was player of the year i think the year we got relegated right i'm not sure 75 6 76 7 i think was probably wilkins right but, you know, if, if those young players hadn't come through, I don't know what would have happened with, with, with the club. But basically, we got ahead of ourselves. Rather than strengthen the team, we strengthened the ground. The, the supporters didn't come. And they suddenly, you know, they made all these projections. We need to get 35,000 in a week. We were getting 21, 22,000.
0: Are you listening, Tottenham? What's, so, your, what's your book called? Uh,
2: the book will be called. Cool. It's not out for another, right. another year, 18 months. It will probably be called Stanford Bridges Falling Down. Oh, nice. Because... It, it yeah. nearly was, you know, and, and you know the, the, that stand was ahead of its time. It was a fantastic stand. And if we'd had the finance in place to do it, it was the right thing to do. But to do it while the team was clearly starting to crumble, and he had, they had people in that team who, shall we say, took their social life probably more seriously than their football for a couple of years it was an accident waiting to happen and it happened
1: you know so is there is there any sort of i mean are you doing this as a labor of love because you remember growing up with it and you think it's perhaps a story that's not been told yet properly or or do you think there's also a tie-in with what's going on today well the the, the
2: previous book i wrote on, on the tommy doherty era was because it hadn't been written about in detail this this has there's some very good books out there that that cover it not so much about the, decl- well, the decline, but not maybe in so much the, the off-field stuff. But I think there are parallels with today. I'm not No one's saying Chelsea are going to get relegated. But that we are reaching a crossroads. Do we spend the money on the team or do we spend it on the ground? Now, the owner can do what he likes and he appears to want to spend it on the ground. But if you spend it on the ground and we go away for four years to who knows where and then we come back and we're scrabbling for a Champions League place or so we're in the Europa League. I can't see us selling 60,000 tickets for most games. And even if we do, you know, you can do some calculations on estimated ticket price. It's going to take us decades to pay for the new ground. And that assumes the ground is full. So, you know, I
0: I struggle. When you hear all these young fans, these post-92 FIFA playing fans moaning about the state of Chelsea and wailing and gnashing their teeth, and then you reflect on that period you've just been talking about, do you? does it annoy you, this sense of entitlement that Chelsea fans seem to have now?
2: Well, it does. It doesn't surprise me that much because we live in a sort of, without getting too sociological about it, a time of instant, instant gratification. gratification. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, Which So people expect to be entertained and, and, and pleased. But it does, you, you look at it, and you look at how bad our team was in the mid-70s and then again after McCready left for three or four years, how bad Chelsea were. And you look at it now, people moaning because we only draw you know yeah. some mid table side that was a good result for us then and it's because expectation because you know the owners come in and we've won five league titles we won a champions league we won a europa league we won FA cups and league cups so that's that's why I think but it, it does it does annoy me a bit
0: yes it annoys me a lot and I think that you know I, I think there should be more effort to promote the history of the club good and bad you know yeah. because I think the one thing that's missing from a lot of fandom at the moment is perspective yeah. a sense of perspective now nobody likes losing matches yeah. absolutely perfectly fine to get frustrated absolutely personally fine to get upset and depressed and for it to ruin your week because that's the nature of being yeah. a football fan and that's how seriously and emotionally we take it but the idea that the world has ended the apocalypse is nigh <laughs> you know when we lose a game. <laughs> and that all the players should be sacked and the manager should be sacked and the whole thing's gone to hell in a handcart is nonsense. And I think that, you know, maybe a little bit more effort to kind of educate some of these kids about, you know, the, the legacy that they've inherited wouldn't go amiss
1: exactly and the stuff people write on social media well as you well know you know i mean it is quite unbelievable how people have this you know well the abuse they write do you know i had somebody today make a comment i put this beautiful photo of a cockerel made by a south american artist and somebody went i love a big cock and I thought... I couldn't resist. <laughs> it was Andy, <laughs> I mean, You know, everyone's being arty. I love a big cock.
0: Well, that's social that's, media. That's, you know. that's, it's that's, Andy that's social taking media. it down to my <laughs> level. I like all that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's... So how are you going to publish a book? Have you got a publisher for well, it? Well,
2: Mark Worrell, who does Gate 17 Books, yeah, yeah. he published my first one, and we did a crowdfunding for that for a hardback version, and we'll probably do the same... In six months' time, whatever to, to crowdfund a hardback for the second, but the first one's available on Amazon on paperback and ebook, and the second one will be as this well. Is the, di-
0: uh, dynam- the Doherty
2: one, yeah. and and the second one will be. I mean, Amazon for all their faults as a corporation, it's fantastically easy audience, to, yeah. to to. to to reach an audience and to get it to get Well, You get must you must there.
0: come back on nearer the time yeah. and, and let us know more very, about it, very and, and happy then invite to us them. to your to your launch party. Absolutely, oh,
1: that's <laughs> the only reason he invited
0: you back. <laughs> on, you know, I remember
1: who invited you first. Uh, anyway, moving on. Let's let's move on to Leicester away. Um, we went. We went. I Did went. You went? Yep. we yep. all yep. went.
0: <laughs> so Kerry lives quite near Leicester, and, and being inherently lazy, decided that he wanted to go to that game. Oh, so myself me. and 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 Kerry and Gary Hayes and your lovely wife Jackie who. Uh, had the best we roast had a very nice Sunday lunch in Rutland and then we went up and, and saw the game yeah it was it was good fun very cold very, very cold yeah. very it chilling. was like what is going on in March and treacherous walking to the ground yes yeah. and, uh, and afterwards yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely horrid yeah. You just
1: want to get in your car yeah
0: so uh, three changes uh, from the team that faced Barcelona Willie Caballero uh, continuing as the Willy, F Willy F- Willy Caballero Continuing is the FA Cup goalkeeper of choice. Uh, Maratta back in the lineup. Uh, Tamui Bakayoko replacing Seth Fabregas in central midfield. The uh, Frenchman's first action for five weeks after injury. Uh, so we had Caviera and goal. as Piliqueta, Rudiger, Moses and Alonzo, Kante and Bakayoko with William and Hazard either side of Maratta. I suppose we should probably start with Bakayoko, shouldn't we? You know, back in the team, I mean, there was, all, there was audible groans when yeah. his name was. Uh, red out. I'm a little bit getting a little bit bored of that and sick of this negativity yep. towards players. I don't think it's I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's the, the, the right course of action as a supporter. But again a poor performance from somebody that we mm-hmm. that came highly rated and hasn't really delivered.
2: Well he's, it's maybe he needs another pre season to get more used to the club but his confidence seems very low. He doesn't seem to quite know he doesn't seem quite up to the task. And yet obviously Someone at the club must have thought that he was because we pay, we spent good money for it, so maybe another six weeks of pre season will will sort him out but there
1: was a there, you know it, well, i think you 're right you know you've got to give him another um summer at it I don't think they'll get rid of him just by the amount of money they paid for him and they're never going to get it back so I think he'll be here next year and they'll work on him but you know well, I'm kind of with Andy as soon as he played a ball and it wasn't even a pass to someone else it was just backwards and it was oh look that's all he ever does is pass backwards and you go well that's not altogether true but you know he did seem to his confidence seemed to drain as the half went on until that moment where he tried to head the ball backwards and that was really awful and then he ended up fouling and going through the man getting a card and
0: that was the last we saw of him it's um, he didn't do apart from that moment which was which was poor he didn't do an awful lot wrong the problem no. with Bakayoko was he's not affecting games in any no. way he's, or not forward, like, he's not driving
1: forward he's not
0: affecting any games no. whatsoever you know he's he's all You know, Conte doesn't quite know what to do with him you know they don't know whether to play him right, right up uh, with the front three or sitting back and He hasn't probably had played in that system before. Somebody came on the podcast, I can't remember, I think it might have been Liam Toomey, who said that, you know, bearing in mind he played in quite a romantic team at Monaco where they would just go forward en masse and score loads of goals and not worry about how many they conceded, um, you know, in a reasonably weak French league. And of course, in that kind of setup, he looks like a marauding (laughs) midfielder, you know, when he's kind of bombing forward with everybody else. We don't play like that. We have to play in a much more disciplined shape. And so he gets found out a little bit. I'm with those that say give him a little bit more time, but at some point. the time has got to be capped and we have to look at but it, different options.
2: I'm not sure how much more we'll get out of him this season, to be honest. I agree. So.
0: I agree. And, you know, it was a... And you, you think know, he took him off just because he was booked or because he wasn't playing very well or tactically or think, just wanted I him out of everything. the firing line? Or, I think it was just, of
1: all of those. Probably. Everything, yeah. you yeah, know. Okay. Um, and then Fabregas came on and, um, you know, there was one moment where Fabregas, I think, gave the ball away and the bloke knocked it past him and Fabregas chased after him and it was like he was running in oh, treacle. Yeah. It was just like he just was like, see ya and this yeah. guy was like thirty yards past. But for, okay. Another so,
0: amazing game by Kante by the way. Yeah, well, I mean you know, it it just
1: you know if I could say one thing about that Manchester City game is I would love to have seen
0: that game with Kante in it, and seeing if it had been different. We we talked a lot on here about transitions and about mm. how the transitions this year have been nowhere near as good as they were last year. We just don't look as fluid, mm. getting the ball out from the back to the front free. And Kante is such an important yep. part of that transition. And obviously, he wasn't playing against Man City, but in this game, his ability to find the space, to lay the ball, to touch and go, to it's just amazing, just incredible.
1: Yeah, and they left they left space down the flank for a you long time. You think they'd know him, wouldn't you? Yeah, he would. <laughs> you would think so. But I mean, yeah, he was fantastic. The other thing. I think was great. You know, for all the the bad and the sad points about Bakayoko, you saw a really solid and decent performance from murata I thought Morata had a, a pretty good game. Still doesn't like holding the ball up, but it's not his game. He likes to run onto it. He's very different. But I thought he he had his best game for ages. It took his goal, brilliant. Yeah,
2: and I think the goal will help him yes. because it was he was well taken. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
1: they're uh, the ones that he missed. You know, that day he missed three. Yeah. One on one, suddenly this was back to. Yeah, that was man. Arsenal, wasn't it? Yeah. Arsenal, yeah, 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 that's right. And
0: He's, this was back to when he was scoring yeah. against Stoke for fun. I thought he took his goal brilliantly. It was his first in 14 appearances in all competitions for Chelsea. Last goal was against, it was December, December against Brighton. First goal this year. He ended his longest run without a goal since joining the club. You know, but, you know, it, it's really good for him. You could see the relief in his body yeah. language. You could see relief from his teammates. Well, I was just
1: going to say, all of them came over and yeah. bouncing, all trying yeah. to mess up his hair. It was really funny. Footballers just do all the same things. The man who gels his hair perfectly will always get it must up
0: when they score a goal. Quite right too. I... I, I... I'm putting my faith in Morata. Yeah, will come. As long as he stays happy. If he stays happy in his home yep. life, he's got a baby on the way, is not he? He yep. you know, seems to have a very strong relationship with his girlfriend slash wife. I, you know, I just think that as long as he doesn't do a veron and wants to move out and move back and she wants to move back to being her parents or all that kind of personal stuff in the background, as long as he stays happy, I think he'll come good.
2: And maybe again, second season for him, he'll be stronger,
1: he'll know what to expect.
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: It's interesting, actually, because Spanish, a lot of Spanish people I know don't really like living away from spain it's a because i don't know it's the spanish culture there's a a far greater sense of family and community in a way because things are still in small environments whereas here we're all spread out everywhere and everyone's parents live five hours away or four you you know what i mean so i I think i think it's very hard for spanish I'm, i'm not generalizing greatly here but I, th- I do think they find it hard to settle into different cultures because Spanish culture is very very straightforward very you've got, simple you've got quite a lot of
0: Spanish fans yeah there, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I, I think there's something to that I think as well that um, you know the life of a footballer can be quite isolating yeah. and maybe he just hasn't found his you know yeah. hasn't, hasn't found his footballing community over here yet I think you know people have to bear in mind that footballers are human that they do have personal pressures mentally physically relationship wise that that all plays a part in them being able to do their job as it plays a part in all of us being able to do our job.
2: But, you know, English players have gone abroad or British players have gone abroad have struggled yeah. Like going right back to the 60s. Yeah. Jimmy Greaves, Dennis Law, yeah. Joe Baker. So yeah. it's... They, they all felt isolated. If you read the Jimmy yeah. Greaves book, you know, he felt totally isolated. And I think some of the later ones have gone... You can't expect everyone just to slot in. You know, I worked... When I worked for a, a large multinational, people would go abroad. They would get inductions and all this sort of stuff. I'm not sure football clubs are as cute at that as maybe some of the corporates. People have probably dropped in it a
0: bit. Well, I think they probably just give them Gary Staker and say, you know...
2: Well, indeed, but that's not the same as getting stimulated Gary Staker sort of thing, I think is
0: is much loved at the club yeah. he's the kind of player liaison yeah. officer there and I think he probably does a, an awful lot but you know it's not the same as you say as having a professional no. team around you saying what's going to make you happy yeah what how are we going to get the best yeah. out of our asset yeah that's essentially what they are I remember
2: Gary when he was a steward on the specials in the early 80s there you go. shows my age but
0: I you know. think most people will know Gary from his uh, <laughs> translation period yes. with uh, Claudio Ranieri weren't yeah. they? didn't go too well
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it's true but you know so but good
0: no but good good to see Morata score and you know hopefully Definitely that's going to kickstart at least a, you know, a, a solid end to the season for him.
1: Yeah, uh, William. Um, he was an odd one. Had a pretty poor game apart from that one wonderful run and the then pass for for Morata. The rest of the game, he couldn't
0: do a thing right. Well, you know, we talked about Messi earlier, and he needed to do one or two things to affect the game. And you know, if you if you take it in that context, then William certainly affected the game. You know, he he played an absolutely brilliant ball through to Morata who took it very well. But I'm with you, I thought he had a reasonably, by his very high standards, uh, a poor game. I think they probably doubled up on him. They, they mm-hmm. were all over him like a rash. He didn't get yeah. any time on the ball. Uh, he seemed to lose possession a lot. He didn't seem, his, his distribution was poor. Some of his decision-making was poor. He just wasn't at the races. And I, I put a little bit of that with Hazard as well. I think the two of them, as our kind of creative forces in the team, just didn't fire that day.
1: Yeah, and, it, and I don't know what you thought, but at 1-0, I've, you know, it was yet again we were so comfortable at 1-0 and you thought we really need to bury this because we know what could happen and then when it came it was just so predictable yeah absolutely
2: when you're on top you need to kill teams off and that's you know that's what barcelona do that's what we we didn't do yeah the goal was inevitable and of course we were so cold you know the, nobody wanted it to go to extra time nobody <laughs> because it, it no. did uh, and it was minus two in the in the normal 90 minutes so heaven knows what, how cold it was by the end of extra time <laughs>
0: no it was it, 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 I was <laughs> desperate for the loo as well
1: oh, it was, yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't go didn't want to miss anything this has just gone in Gary's pocket yeah he'd never have noticed but um, so yeah you know and then extra time comes and then thank God for the little fellow and his flying header and Kasper Schmeichel not being a chip off the old block no. for a change
0: Pedro gets a you know a fair amount of not grief because he's not I think he's popular but he, he, he doesn't get the credit I think he deserves no. I think he's a really he's been a great player for us and is a brilliant impact sub because he comes on he's another one who looks like he enjoys playing football yep. comes on you know buzzes around like a wasp at a picnic you know and has always got the possibility of, of nicking something which he did the classic nicking a goal yep. there mistake from from Schmeichel should have come for the ball but smallest player Shouldn't on the pitch should have come for the ball well, should have stayed yeah, back but smallest player on the pitch you know manages to nod it past him but you know Pedro makes those opportunities i think that's what makes him such an important player so you know, we got out of there and now we're
1: into a semi against uh, Southampton, which has got to be the best draw of the lot. Well, it? I mean, Chelsea yep. have
0: reached the FA Cup semi-finals for the fourth time in the past seven years, second successive season under Antonio Conte you know so you know we are good at reaching semis it's it's like you know let's make sure we capitalize yeah. this time
2: cuz it is it's it's reminiscent in some ways of 1970 when we played Watford and that was the, the easier draw yeah compared with Five L- though, Leeds played yeah. man united you know in, 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 right. in the other one that went to three games obviously that wouldn't happen now but three games I, I I do worry a bit that people think, seem to think, oh, it's Southampton it'll be easy. Well, you know, Hughes is in there. Who knows what he'll have turned around because it's four or five weeks away. Mm. They've also got Shane Long. I know he's not in the team every week, but he's caused Chelsea more than a few problems yeah, in the past decade with Shane Long. We, we do have a- these bogey <laughs> players who <laughs> yeah. may
1: do nothing for yeah. 19 games. Yeah. But when they play again yep. It's like Zaha yep. Zaha's always injured Or he's out for months And then puts in an appearance Against us and does something. Yes, Shane mean.
0: Long is definitely One of those yeah, players yeah, I would say this Of the previous three occasions Where Chelsea played at Leicester In the FA Cup We've knocked them out En route to winning it In 1997, 2000 and 2000 as well And if that's not an omen I don't well, know what is Well
1: I'll take that <laughs> As absolutely. an omen yeah. yeah absolutely So yeah I, I think that's all To look forward to um,
0: well, Of course we don't have A game this weekend uh, Can we talk about Some of the amazing stuff That's happened at youth level? Yeah, I was going to say we'll just get to that in a second but yeah, let's do it. Well, because uh, the under-19s beat Real Madrid 4-2 in the pouring rain away from home uh, to progress into the semi-finals of the UEFA Youth League uh, down to 10 men too after Jacob Maddox was sent out after 68 minutes a game I watched they were absolutely brilliant so credit to them uh, they'll play FC Porto in the semi-final in Switzerland on Friday the 21st of April. Uh, Jody Morris's under 18s beat Tottenham 2-0 at home to win the Premier League Cup final collect their first silverware of the season. Uh, they're on a potential treble at the moment with the uh, the Youth Cup and with uh, with the league which they seem to be king they've lost one game in about 30 games Uh, and the ladies beat liverpool ladies 3-0 to progress through to the semi-finals of the fa women's cup and they play their champions league quarter-final game away to montpellier tomorrow night so good luck to emma and the girls
1: yeah absolutely that's a good round up that um so yeah i mean we've got a week off because uh we've got what your favorite part of the season always isn't it
0: internationals weekend stupid stupid international weekend (laughs)
1: The problem is it loses momentum.
2: The meeting we were at, the senior guy from the Premier League said, the great thing, we're talking about the winter break and there's obviously two, two arguments about people like the winter break. I don't like it because I like continuity. And the Premier League said, well, the problem is you've got international breaks and you, that sort of puts a force break in so if you put a winter break in as well it becomes even more stop and start i don't like i know that you have to have international like breaks but i don't I I, no. I I don't like them
0: no I, i'd like to i'm just not a massive it. fan of england to be honest no i can not I kind of watch it during a tournament but i'm chelsea through and through i'm always club over country
1: yeah I, i'd agree but what it does mean is that some of our players will have some time out to get ready for tottenham at home that's the next game, isn't yep. it? On April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. Easter Sunday as well, yeah. 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 It's the whole lot. That's going to be... Yeah, I can see that one's going to be easy to get down I've by train. I've got to
0: Norfolk for that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's
1: one of those... It's not a boring game. It's a proper... Yeah. And that means something because, you know, Spurs do look like the one team that if they mess up, we could take advantage of. I think Liverpool are over the hill. But I think Spurs... Far away.
2: Because they're missing Kane, and he is their talisman, I know Eriksen's very good, and he was fantastic, Eriksen, against us in the semi-final last year. And obviously, Ali's a fairly good player. But they aren't the same team without him. I know Son's a good player. So if we're going to play them, now is a good time I to agree. play them, because I don't think Kane is going to be back. I'm also not entirely sure about their defence. You know, they've got Sanchez in, and not all Spurs fans rate him that highly. So they are a little bit vulnerable. They, they don't seem to know who they're playing full-back either, which is interesting. They are...
1: Um, that's that's a kind of a it's a statement from Pochettino isn't it it, he's sort of taken on Danny Rose who's made a few bleats about this that and the other and money at the beginning of the season I know he's had injuries as well but he, there's Pochettino he's a bit like you know Mourinho can be Conte can be if he gets the hump with somebody that's it it's very hard to get in but I think you're right it causes a problem but we, yeah, did,
0: we did beat them earlier in the season of course at, at Wembley
2: indeed we did now the, the, the point is as you say Liverpool may be outside but if we do beat Tottenham it really puts pressure on them for the rest of the season, I think they've got to play Arsenal again. So I think they've got their running isn't
0: brilliantly easy. They've got to play United as well. Yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, and in fact and,
2: they've got to Liverpool, play City, and, and yeah. they're playing City because it's live right, on. Yeah, that's right. Saturday yeah. night, yeah. Yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Thank yeah. you, f- Premier League, for that one. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah I do I think, think there's a lot to play for. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not doom and gloom. I no. think there's kind of five, no, no. there's five points at the moment. You know, to, to make up, I think there's we beat Spurs. That's
2: two points, and that's that's a win and a loss. So you know,
1: yeah, exactly. I think if we can, we need to win it. It's one of those, you know, Barcelona would have been nice to win, but the Tottenham game is we need to win it. Yeah. That keeps everything yeah. alive and keeps everything up
0: in the air. So what we'd like to do... Christiansen might be injured, mightn't he? That's, uh,
1: that's, uh, that's yeah, it looks as though he might be injured. Ampadu's, or do you out. Think Ampadu's
0: was, out for the season.
1: Ampadu's out, is he? Yeah.
0: I missed that. Yeah, he's got injured in the youth okay. game. Oh, so he um, should be playing for the first team. Christensen, I think, limped off against Leicester, didn't he? So they're worried about him.
1: Yeah, I don't know whether that was precautionary or, or what. It just looked as though he'd suddenly hit the wall, you know, and he's played every game yeah. for far too long. He yeah. needed a break. And unfortunately you see what happens, you can break down. Yeah. Okay, so w- what we do now is we predict the result of the Tottenham game. So would you like to go first, Tim? Two nil Chelsea. Two nil Chelsea. Andy. Two 2-1 one Chelsea.
0: Two one's been good to me this season.
1: 2-1's been very good to you and your daughter. Well, actually, more better for
0: your daughter than you. I called, I, I called. Uh, I called uh, was it Palace? Yeah. Yeah, Palace 2-1 okay. with William to school first. 280 quid. She really? nice. He didn't. He said, are you <laughs> sure
1: you're wasting your money, love, he said. That's what he said. And 280 quid later, he took half of it and only gave his daughter half. That's the kind of man we have on this show, <laughs> as well as being a social media abuser. Um, okay, so uh, I will go for... I'm going to go... Shall I go for a really reserved normally i'll come out with hysterical ones i'm gonna go for one nil chelsea yeah that's what i'm gonna do all right well at least it's unanimous we're gonna beat them so that's gonna be good to look forward to but i'm sorry it's a couple of weeks away anyway thank you andy as always tim been an absolute pleasure having you enjoyed in first the first time thank you i yep. hope we get you back in again i, soon. I hope so too and uh, yeah keep us posted on the book absolutely all right everyone we shall see you in a couple of weeks we won't be here next week cheers this is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.com. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. If you're a large organisation involved in managing purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston.
2: Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it, and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements, which large software publishers like Microsoft or IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend to reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses speak to livingston today about our managed services over 50 multinationals across the world trust livingston to manage their software licenses
1: visit livingston tech.com for more information
0: sports social podcast network